So this morning, but just so you know, we're, we're coming to the end of 1 Corinthians. Is anybody following along in their Bibles? Okay, because we're, we're almost there. In fact, today is the end of 15, and we have one little chapter called 16, which is we're going to break it into two sermons, but even that's a push. But by the way, this means that we've been in the book of 1 Corinthians for a year now. And you've all been faithful, and I pray you all know 1 Corinthians like you never knew it before. And I hope it's changing your life like it's changing mine. It's a wonderful book, but we're getting near the end of it here. I would ask that you pray, Tyler, Pastor Tyler and I are praying about what we're going to do next. We don't know what book we're going to tackle next yet, so pray for us so God will give us wisdom to what to, what to bring to you next. So this morning, it's in your bulletin, but I'm going to give you just a little outline here. We're going to talk about four things. One is new bodies. New body. Who here wants a new body? Yeah, yeah. At least all the old people are raising their hands. Yeah, we, we, we all need new glorified bodies. And we're going to talk about that today. It's a wonderful gift we're going to have. Can you imagine no pain, no suffering, no aches, no glasses, no hearing aids, whatever's going on, all those are gone and you're going to have a glorified body. It's exciting. And so we're also going to talk about the new life we're going to live. Just briefly, this new life we're going to be entering uh, in the resurrection bodies, the glorified bodies, this new life. And then I want to talk about a new heart is the third point. And the new heart is really based on these truths of new bodies and new life. We should have new hearts now. Amen. So we have, we have to start living. If you're not living yet, we have to live with the reality that this is going to happen. We need to start living that truth out with hearts of great thankfulness for what God has already done, even though we haven't realized it all yet. But when God says something's going to happen, it's going to happen. So we need to live with a thankfulness heart in that. And the last thing, there's a new work. And that work is what we're called to do until this new body arrives. All right, so we're talking about those four things. And with that, our brother Ed's going to open the word today for us. If you'd open your Bibles, we're finishing up chapter 15. And we'll be in uh, verse 15, uh, 15 verses 50 is where we're going to start. There we go. The reading of the word, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 58. I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold... I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised, imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable body must be imperishable, mm -hmm. and this mortal body must be put on immortality. Mm -hmm. When the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal put on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that the Lord, your labor is not in vain. Amen. 
Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we thank you for uh, this teaching from 1 Corinthians. We thank you for this unbelievable truth that one day we will have new bodies. We will live with you forever. A new heaven and a new earth. No more Satan, no more sin, no more fallen world, no more unredeemed flesh. Oh Lord, how we look forward to that day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So what's, he starts off here, uh, the Apostle Paul says, I tell you this, brothers, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. What's going on here is, remember we've talked about this as we've been working through 1 Corinthians, is the, the, the Corinthian church is struggling with this fact that the bodies are going to be resurrected and go to be with Jesus forever. And, and, and they just can't believe that. They saw the bodies as being something evil and, and should be left behind. And so Paul's kind of saying, you, you got a truth there. You're, you're kind of right about that. He said, but let me tell you how this is going to work out is, is that you're going to get new bodies. Yeah. See, you're going to be resurrected and you're going to have new bodies. And you're right, this unredeemed flesh that we battle against can't go to heaven. It can't. Because we know that's the enemy within us. We fight against our flesh all the time, Amen. He said, that can't be in the presence of a holy and righteous God. He says, but let me tell you the truth is that you're you're right. Your body, the way it is, can't go there. But the good news is, is you're going to get a new body. And that's the point he's getting into. And we're going to look at this for a little bit. But before we do, I want to set the stage here for a little bit. So bear with me. First of all, we all know... We all know when we were born, physically born, we inherited three deaths. Are you with me on this? We all inherited three deaths the day we were born. We inherited a spiritual death. When we were born, we were separated from God. Nobody was born saved. We were spiritually dead when we were physically born. Can I get an amen? amen? So we know that. The second death that we were inherited is physical death. We all know that one day... Most likely, all of us will face physical death. And the third is the most tragic death we inherited, which is eternal death. Eternal separation from God. Eternal sentence into into damnation. So we were all born with those three sentences at our physical birth. But, praise God. But, praise God. Because I pray each one of you has been born again. I pray there was a day in your life, you saw your own depravity, your own sinfulness, and you cried out that God would save you. And at that moment, that if you did that, you were born again. And all of life changed, but all of those deaths changed. You went from spiritual death to spiritual life. You went from physical death to resurrection life. And you went from eternal damnation to eternal life. All three of them were defeated the moment you surrendered life to Jesus Christ. Praise Lord Jesus. So what are some things that happened at the moment of our salvation? Let me just talk about a few. We could go on for hours here, but I just want to set this up a little bit so it'll help us understand the text today a little better. One of the things that happened to us when we were saved is we got renewed minds. Amen? Amen. We got renewed minds. We could open up the Word of God 
and actually read the Word of God and understand the Word of God. We had new minds as to the deceptions were removed, the the veil was removed from this fallen world, and, and our minds were renewed and opened up to the reality of this fallen world and the reality of this wondrous God that we serve. The second thing that happened at the moment of our salvation is that we were given power, hear me on this, power to say no to Satan. We could not say no to Satan before that. We were just blind slaves to his every command and call in our life. And it's whatever he led us, we, we did, and he deceived us, and he lied to us, and we just kept following him anyway, and every promise he made, he broke, but we kept following him anyway. Yeah, we were captivated. We were just following. But that at the moment we were saved, the Spirit of God came to live within us, who is greater than the one in the world, and now we could say, Satan, I'm not listening to you anymore. You have no power over me anymore. Amen? Now, let me, let's be honest. We don't always say no. Right? I don't always say no. I have the power to say no, but I don't always say no. Amen. So we're given, we give these renewed minds. We're given spiritual life and power over the evil one in this fallen world. The third thing we're given was new hearts. New hearts. Come on, brothers and sisters. Our hearts were dark and stone. He gave us a heart of flesh. A heart, a heart where for the first time we, we understood what love was. We love God and we love one another. Like, whoever thought we could have agape love where we could actually love one another? Before that, I can tell you in my own testimony, it was all about me. So we we got these renewed minds. We got the spiritual power to say no to Satan. We got these new hearts where we can love God and love one another. Unbelievable. How about this? We were given new desires. All of our desires changed. All of our desires changed. With these new minds, the spiritual power and these new hearts, our desires changed. Isn't it amazing what we once loved, we now hate? Come on. Where we spent our life pursuing these things that we thought had some value, drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, power, position, pride, whatever they were, these, these occupied our life, and now we see them and we hate them. And what we used to think was foolish, the ways of God, is now what we desire more than anything else. So our desires all changed. And brothers and sisters, I know we're not living this out perfectly, but you should see this magnificent change in your life if you've been born again. I can remember... When I used to, when I was not saved, meeting Bible thumpers, I thought they were crazy. You know, there's some at my workplace. Even when I was a teenager, I met a guy that was a pastor working part time. I thought, you know, this Bible, these sticky notes, that must be a cult. Now I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I pray you are too. The other three things that we desired before Christ is we desired love, to love and to be loved. We desired happiness, and we desired peace. Did you desire those before Christ? We all did, because they're written on our hearts. We, 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 
Now, let me clarify. I know what you're saying, but how are we trying to get those met, those needs met within us? How are we trying to get our love met, our happiness met, and our peace met within our lives before Christ? Through the world. Amen. Through the world, the ways of the world. We all had different ways we were chasing these things, and we know every time they failed. Thank you, Todd. They failed. They fell short. We were never really satisfied in our need for love, our need for happiness, or our need for peace until we were born again. And now we're fulfilled. We're filled with the love of God, the love of our brothers and sisters, the love of our enemies. That amazing truth. We're filled with, with happiness, but now happiness isn't found in a chocolate sundae. Well, sometimes it's pretty good. But, I mean, it, it, it's, good, it's good until you get to that last bite, and then, ah, oh, now what? I can't have another one. Or could I? No. But... So, but the reality is, is, I mean, I, I know you experience this. Happiness is getting up and, and having the Lord of the universe speak to us through the word of God. Yes. The, the God of the universe speaks to us through his word. Yes. Or how about this, having prayers answered. Yes. Yes. Having the fellowship of the brothers and sisters. Yes. Serving the Lord together. Yes. Now we're finding true happiness is, is living the way God wanted us to live from the beginning. And peace. peace. Let me hit the last one. Peace. Now we find peace living in the will of God. Yes. And if you told me before I was saved that this is how I should live according to the word of God, I would have said you're crazy. This will never work. But it's the only thing that does work. So now we have all these desires that God gave us when he created us being fully met through being born again and living this Christian life. Let me give you one more of things that happened when we were saved. So we were given renewed minds. We were giving spiritual power and authority over evil. We were, we were given new hearts. We were given new desires. We finally had our love, happiness, and peace satisfied through God. And the, and the last one I would tell you is we actually came to know who we are. We didn't know who we were before Christ. In fact... How many fig leaves, how many fig leaves did you have on? How many people did you pretend to be the mask you took on and off depending on who you were around so that people would like you and applaud you and think you're something? They think you're funny, they think you're tough, they think you're pretty, they think you're this and that. All the masks we had to wear as unsaved people. Do you remember those? And now we take the fig leaves off and we stand naked before a holy and righteous God and he tells us who we are and we have peace with it, and we live to the audience of one, and whether you like me or don't like me, I want you to love me, and I want to love you, and I will love you, but I am who God made me to be. Are you with me on that? It's a beautiful thing. And so with all this, as I already said, the other thing we realized is we overcame a spiritual death, we overcame physical death, and we overcame eternal death when the moment we were saved. But let me ask you this question. I've asked you this before, but today's a good day to ask you again. Have you found the Christian life to be easy? Hardest thing you ever did. Hardest thing you ever did, Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. You know, i got to tell you, early on in my faith, I used to go to a lot of men's conferences. I was hungry for this new life, and I, I attended as many things as I could. And I'd sit and hear a guy give his testimony. He said, yeah, I surrendered my life to... Christ, and everything's been wonderful since that moment. And I used to go home thinking, maybe I'm not saved. 
Because I find it to be a battle. It's hard. It's difficult. But it's worthy. I know none of us would want to go back to the life we lived before. So why is it so difficult? If a God loves us, and He saved us, and He gave us an a new mind and new hearts and new desires and all that. Why is it so difficult to be a Christian? Going against our nature. Going against our nature. Okay, world. good. Change. The world. Yeah, change. change. Good. You're, you're all hitting them. We're going to get into all these. I love it. What's that? Okay, good. Good. Yes, sister. The flesh. Yeah, we're going to talk about that too. But here, and, and you're all right about all the things I heard, at least most of you. I don't know about all of you, but most of you are right. No. But the, the reality, here's the reality. God saved us, and we are destined to live in paradise. Do you believe that? Yes. We are destined to live it. That is where God wants us to live. He wants us to be forever in a perfect world with a perfect leader, his son, Lord Jesus. But the reality is he saved us, but then he left us on the battlefield. He left us on the battlefield. We are on the battlefield. He said, yes, I have saved you for eternity. You're going to get glorified bodies. You're going to get a new world. You're going to get Jesus as a leader. Satan will be destroyed in the demonic army. But right now, I need you to fight the good fight on the battlefield. And his cry for that is that he desires that none would perish, but all would come to salvation. And there's thousands and millions and millions of souls all around us that have not been saved. And God has left us here for this work. But let, let hear this. Did he leave us without any weapons? No, and, and, and see, and we have to get our mind around this because this is where the prosperity gospel has, has made a lot of headway with their false teaching. Because what they appeal to is everybody deserves to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. And you know why that appeals to us? Because that is the end game. That is what's going to happen when we get to paradise. Everything is going to be good and right. Right? Are you with me? So that appeals to us, just like the false counterfeits of love, joy, and peace. So does this desire to be in paradise. So the, the prosperity gospel, people say, you can have it now. Name it and claim it. You can have all of it now. And God says, no, you can't have it now. Read the Bible. Jesus had no place to lay his head. All the apostles were martyred except for John. Paul was beheaded. Peter was crucified upside down. Does that sound like prosperity to you? It's not going to happen now. It will happen, but not now. Now we're on the battlefield. Now we will suffer for the sake of Christ. Now we will have difficulties, trials and tribulations. The world hated me, so it will hate you also. That's why it's hard. It's not supposed to be easy yet. But we're gonna, the good thing is, is we're going to get there. Amen. Won't be long. Are you discouraged now? So today, the text, this is all the setups, but it's, it's the reality that so far we've seen as we've been working through 1 Corinthians that Christ returns and defeats Satan, Right? Defeat Satan, the demonic army. We already looked at that a few weeks ago. We also know that he says he will reign over the world and he will restore the world to its 
previous glory. Do you remember that? He will reign and restore to its previous glory before he hands it back to the Father. So we have three battles in our lives on this battlefield we're living on, right? You know anything about warfare? Warfare, you know, like in World War II, they had the the European war fronts, they had the Russian war front, they had the African war front, right? There's these different battle fronts that they had to fight in the war. Are you with me? We are in one war, but we have three different battle fronts we have to fight. One is Satan, the demonic army, who wants to kill us, he wants to deceive us, he's the father of lies, and, and he does not want us to be saved, but since we're saved, he wants us to be ineffective and unproductive for the kingdom of God. He wants us to stay on the bench. He, he hates that you're saved, but he doesn't want you to do anything for the battle. Are you with me? The second one that we're fighting against is the world system because Satan is the prince of this world. And he uses the whole world system to deceive us and tempt us and manipulate us and control us. I mean, come on. Look at television. Look at movies. Listen to music. Look at social media. Satan is all over that stuff. Again, what's he trying to do with the world system? He'd love to lead you back into slavery, by the way. If he could get you back into drunkenness, sexual immorality, drugs, pride, materialism, whatever, whatever, whatever your slavery was, if he can get you back in there, he'd love to do that. But if he can't, he just wants to deceive you, manipulate you again through the world system so you'll be un- unproductive and ineffective for the kingdom of God. And what's the third enemy? Thank you. The flesh. So we already talked about the two are going to be destroyed. So today he's going to talk about how the third one's going to be destroyed. Because listen, with a new heaven and a new earth, Jesus sitting on the king, we can't come in with this. We've got to get rid of these dirty rags. So this is the last enemy he talks about in the text this morning. Let me show you this. I have no idea where I am now. But look here, this is, this is the way Paul put it. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but with my flesh I serve the law of sin. Do you hear the battle he's fighting against his own unredeemed flesh in there? The same battle we fight. Now here's, I'm going to take something from Pastor Tyler's text last week because it's a nice list. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 42 through 44. He gives us this beautiful picture of what the glorified body is going to look like. This should get you very excited. This is coming your way. It's, is that we're born with what? Perishable bodies. We already talked about that. Glasses. For me, new aches and pains. Things I can't do anymore physically. I'm turning back to dust. Anybody else? Perishable. From dust to dust. Some of you are too young thinking you're going to live forever. It's coming your way too. But, but we're going to get imperishable bodies. Imperishable. They don't get old. They don't need glasses. They don't get aches and pains. They're, they're, they're the same strength all the time forever and ever and ever. No sickness. No, no injuries. Yeah, Ed's ready. So imperishable. The other one is dishonor and glory. Do you see this? I mean, our flesh right now can lean towards dishonoring God. If you notice that the enemy from within, it's always justifying things for us to do, eat, whatever it is, right? It's always leading us away from a disciplined, godly life. But the new bodies, this is unbelievable to me, this is my favorite part of it, it's going to be totally focused on the glory of God. 
that battle within us will go away. It'll totally go away because the body's going to be totally leaning towards us bringing full glory and honor to God in everything we do, everything we say, everything we eat, everything we think. Third, weakness. Do you find yourself weak? The body weak? Have you ever tried a diet and, and blew it the first day? That's a, I have. We go out to dinner sometimes and say, I'm not going to eat this. And guess what? Ah. Yeah, bring it. <laughs> I've, been, I've had a hard week. Blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's that weakness, that weakness in self-control. We're going to have power, power of self-control in our lives. And it's mainly because the last one, we go from a natural body to a spiritual body. Yes. I don't know about you. I'm, I'm excited about that. Amen. Amen. So now let's go to the text for today. So he says, I tell you this, brothers, brothers and sisters, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. He says, behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall all not sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. He's talking about the moment we will receive glorified bodies. It'll happen in a split second. A split second is what he's saying. A blink of an eye. When Christ returns... All those that are dead will be raised and glorified, and those that are still alive on the earth will be glorified in an instant moment. Now, what's interesting to me is, if you look at our journey here, salvation for us, salvation for us came in a moment, did it not? Now, there may be a a path God led you on where you were being convicted, but there was a moment in your life, I pray, that you prayed the prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, and at that instant, the Spirit of God came to dwell within you and lives within you still. Amen. Amen. It, was a, it was an instantaneous uh, conversion at that moment. You, you with me on that? Now, now, what are we living in now? What is this call we're in? Okay, good. We'll get to that. We're in, but I'm, sanctification, which is the church age. The sanctification, we're, we're in this working out our salvation with fear and trembling. This is not an instantaneous process, amen? <laughs> it is a difficult, hard, it seems like one step forward, two step backward. I don't know about you, but it, it's a difficult thing to become the man of God he wants us to be. It's difficult to go from a worm to a butterfly, to become like Jesus. But then the third phase, which we're all looking forward to, is this glorification phase, which again happens at a moment, instantaneous. And I love this because in the text here it indicates that God himself does it. He takes out the old man, the old woman, and puts on the new man, the new woman himself in a moment. It's beautiful. And it says the last trumpet. And that's what Anne was talking about. The last trumpet is the trumpet of redemption. As we talked about a couple weeks ago, it's the second Easter. The first Easter was the resurrection of the Redeemer, The last Easter is the resurrection of the redeemed, when we're all glorified and called to be part of the family of God. It's the end of the church age. It's the call for us to go home. The work of salvation is finished. It says, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable and we shall be changed 
For the imperishable body must be put on the imperishable, and this mortal body put on the immorality. Mortality, I'm sorry. And so that'll happen by the Lord in a, in a moment, and we'll get our new bodies. Another kind of scripture that we already looked at just kind of re- reinforces the same truth out of 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, then we who are alive who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and we will always, always, always be with the Lord. And now he talks about this new life. We have these new bodies now. And with these new bodies, we finally get to enter the new life that we're going to have. The new life, if you want to sum it up, the new life is no Satan, no fallen world, and no unredeemed flesh. That's the new life. And Paul here, what he does is he breaks out in worship. He, he's overwhelmed with the truth he just shared with us about these new bodies. Because this has been revealed to him by God. These aren't Paul's thoughts. These God is revealing these things to him. That's why he says it's a mystery. God's revealing what's going to happen, and he can't help himself. He just breaks out in worship here. He says, when the perishable puts on the imperishable, and the mortal puts on the immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. That is a bold proclamation of worship to to praising God of this new life that we're all going to enter. Now this death is swallowed up in victory is a quote from Isaiah 25.8 from Paul. And what it's saying, you've got to understand this, it's it's not like a cure to cancer. It's not like a COVID vaccine. He's saying, no, he's completely defeated death. All the past deaths, all the present deaths, all the future deaths, were dealt with through Jesus, so all who believe will be raised to life. That's why it's been swallowed up. It's gone. And then he continues here. He quotes Hosea 13, 14. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is in the law. And what he's saying is that God's righteous penalty for sin is death, but since Christ himself took our sins upon himself, the sting or the stinger is in Christ, not in us. Okay, so we have this, these new bodies. We have a new life we're looking forward to. And so he said, how should we respond to this? And he says we should have a new heart, a heart of thanksgiving constantly. Constantly, we should be thankful for this truth. He says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's saying that, he's saying Christ died for our sins. He was buried on the third day. He was raised from the dead. Christ has taken upon himself all the sins of those who believe. So through Christ's death, through Christ, death has been defeated. So you see, brothers and sisters, Jesus has set us free from the penalty of sin through our salvation. Jesus has set us free from the power of sin by our sanctification. And Jesus will set us free from the presence of sin in our glorification. So he's saying that if you believe that, you, you need to have a thankful heart every day. 
You need to be thankful to God. Review that. Get up every day and preach the gospel to yourself that I deserve death. I deserve eternal punishment. He's given me life. He's given me eternal life. He's called me to the battlefield. I I need to be thankful for this great work God has done in me. See, we can... We're kind of, we can all kind of like be the frog that's put in a pot of cold water and it's slowly brought to a boil. We just become, start to become ineffective and unproductive for the kingdom of God. Are you with me on this? We kind of get beaten down by the world. We get beaten down by temptation. We get beaten down by other people's sinfulness. We can't get there. We can't go there. So, And what really stirs it on for me is whenever, I, you know, I, talk, I love what Al shared today is I, I can get burned out. I get burned out. I get discouraged. But it, it always gets me to the same place where I say, you know, Demetrius had a dream that he came here and the church was locked, the sign was gone, and the church was closed, and I left. He just shared that with me this morning. I can't leave. The only way I can leave is if Christ calls me out of this church. I get to where Peter is where I say, where else can I go? So, so the reality is that we need to keep, and where I end up going is just this heart of thankfulness for this new life God has given me and how I am so indebted to God that leads me to continually to pour out my life for the kingdom of God. And so lastly, he says, based on all these truths... He gives us a therefore. Do you see this? So a heart of thankfulness, but he says, therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord <clears throat> your labor is not in vain. Yes. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. If this is true for you, let me give you some other words that say the same thing. We are called to be steadfast, unwavering, unfaltering, persistent, committed, and dedicated to the work of the Lord. That's what that word means. And to be immovable means fixed, steady, permanent, secure, and set to the work of the Lord. See, brothers and sisters, I want you to get this, is it's not an event, it's not an event, it's a way of life. It's a way of life. It's not joining an evangelistic team on Saturday or showing up at Planned Parenthood once in a while. It's a daily Denying self and pouring out your life as a living sacrifice. So let me ask you a few examining questions. Let me ask us a few examining questions. How much do we love the world? Does the does the world hate us? How important is it to you that people like you? Do some of your coworkers, neighbors, or family members run when they see you coming? Are, are people not inviting you to social gatherings anymore? Does being in your presence with some people just bring conviction onto them? Because they know who you are in Christ? When's the last time you shared the gospel with someone? When's the last time you discipled someone? When's the last time you gave sacrificially to the work of the Lord? How about this question? When was the last time you were stoned, flogged, imprisoned for the sake of the gospel? 
Why do I say that? I say that because if we're not bold now, will we be bold when real persecution comes? Therefore, since we've been delivered from the penalty of sin, since we've been delivered from the power of sin, since we've been delivered from the presence of sin, be bold on the battlefield. And I would say if you're not experiencing any of this persecution, I'm sorry, I'm going to get in your kitchen, you're probably on the bench. Love you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word, and we do cry out to you, I confess that I fall short of this call in my own life. I do not share the gospel enough, I'm not bold enough, and my life isn't a bright enough light to this fallen world. But I do pray, Lord, I do pray that you will convict me, and you'll convict my brothers and sisters, that we would put on a heart of thankfulness, realizing all these unbelievable gifts you've given us to fight this battle on your battlefield. Help us to have the same passion for the lost that you do, that you desire none to perish, but all to come to repentance. May we be bold, even offensive with the gospel, until we're hated like you were hated. Please, Lord Jesus, we look forward to the day we will be with you forever and ever, but today is the day of salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.